0: Ho ho ho, welcome to Gimcrack Videos. Hey! What brings you in on this merry evening? Uh, I don't
1: know, we're just kind of looking for something a little different. Oh, have you tried something from our holiday
0: classics section?
1: Is that the section over there under the sign that says Cursed Abominations Hidden Away from the Eyes of God?
0: Well, you could always take away one of our festively wrapped grab bags. You never know what you're going to get.
1: All right, you know what? Why not? Let's go for one of those.
0: Excellent. Have a holly, jolly night. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, hey, excuse me. Can can you can you punch my my loyalty card before I leave? Oh oh sure.
2: Hey, one more and you get a free rental.
0: Sweet.
1: Hey everyone, thanks for joining us for another episode of Found on Shelf, the podcast where we tell you everything you never wanted to know about movies you wish you had never seen. I'm Dustin, and joining me on the show today, as always, is my co-host Patrick. And um, Patrick, should I even ask how you're doing after this one?
0: Um... (laughs) You know... (laughs) I, I I will say I have I have seen worse movies because this was not a movie. Well, the movie that we're going
1: to be talking about today is uh is currently sitting at zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, the audience score for it is a little bit higher, but that's only because the lead actor begged his fans on Facebook. And I quote, help me storm the gates of Rotten Tomatoes all of you who love this movie go rate it on rotten tomatoes right now and send a message to all the critics that we decide what movies we want our family to see and that bumped it up to 30% positive ratings
0: <laughs> you know as as a rebuttal um transgender punk rocker jane um jane county once released a song called storm the gates of heaven um, and i really think the lyrical content of that song is a good it's a good um argument against everything in this film
1: (laughs) (laughs) well um so some of the other uh, reviews that i've read about this uh is sound sounds so forced you half expect the camera to pull back and reveal hostage takers and um it's been called the worst christmas movie of all time and we're talking about the 2014 kirk cameron film saving christmas which is currently available to stream everywhere uh, except for Netflix. You can even watch it for free on uh, Tubi and Pluto TV if you uh, desire to put yourself through this.
0: Uh, The programmer should be tried in The Hague for putting (laughs) it on the list.
1: (laughs) Well, so a little bit of backstory. Uh, I've known Patrick for a few years, and um, uh, a while back you had given me a a copy of a movie to watch uh, called Things.
0: Yeah, was this revenge? <laughs>
1: well, it was the it was the worst pile of crap I'd ever seen. And yes, I had a, I'd I'd set aside a list of a three movies that I was going to enact my revenge on you with, and this was the first one. And after watching it, I I, I think I achieved my goal with the first
0: shot. I'd say the response was uh, merciless and disproportionate to the initial injury, <laughs>
1: so I
0: succeeded. <laughs> well, out, of, out of curiosity what are the other two?
1: Oh, oh i'll see if those for a later date you'll uh, I'm, I'm not done yet
0: so <laughs> a word of hurt. caution is don't don't recommend canadian sov horror films to <laughs> Dustin.
1: <laughs> oh god so all right so so patrick uh wh- what's your elevator pitch to get someone to go see this movie what you got
0: so i've been thinking about that a lot and you're gonna to have to to bear with me uh, on how I got here. You know what we do what I do and what we do at large is we engage with art. Like it's u- it's unique, it's wild, it's weird or it's bad. But even when it's a terrible thing, like the movie things, we are engaging with bad art. This is something that someone made. they created, they tore out of themselves and threw it against the wall. To stand out and shout against the void, I am here, and its existence is its importance. Like it doesn't really matter if it's good or not. The meaning is that it is real and it exists. You can say that about Troll Two, The Room, Winter Beast. It is something you will not forget. Um, the problem with this is this is not that. <laughs> this is this is not art. This is not a movie. This is this is a commercial masquerading as a sermon. Selling itself as a movie. So I had to think, like, how could I possibly sell this? Because it is ultimately soulless. It is an empty void. Corporate, <laughs> corporate art has, has more social significance in this film. Um, Stanley Kubrick movies feel warmer than this cold, hollow husk. Uh, uh th- like like working all day black friday you still have more life in you at the end of the day than you do Would if you get 10 minutes into this film so how do how do i sell it <laughs> so you, I, I might need more than like you know like 30 seconds to get here if it's all right with you I, i've got a i've got an idea prepared and you just tell me when to stop <laughs> uh, all
1: right and let's just throw a little uh forwarding uh ahead of time if you are uh a heavily religious person, you might want to just kind of skip this episode.
0: We um, <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 will hold uh, it against you. It's yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I, I will try not to offend people specifically. All right. So um, in regards to saving Christmas specifically, my pitch would be this say instead of instead of like the normal 30 seconds we're stuck on the elevator it's just like a really slow elevator it's like it's like it's it's like a convention and there's one elevator for the whole hotel and it's going to be like a 30 minute drop all right so i'm just going to start imagine you are on your deathbed (laughs) and as your mind stretches back and forward through your entire life you start to see you know the places you fell short you know Um things you've done to people, things you've, you know, wrongs you've committed, ways you could have been a better person, regrets for what you have done. Would you like your last moments on earth to be thinking about, you know, the the regret that you have being the way you mistreated someone? Or would you like a greater regret to stand out against that and not think about how horrible you were, (laughs) but just one regret that is just – a form of pure catharsis and that is watching saving Christmas. And if you would like that therapy on your deathbed, I have a proposition for you. Watch Kurt Cameron Saving Christmas. It will help.
1: <laughs> so so you're going with the there are worse things than you
0: angle. Yes. And this would be it. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I maybe broke some rules there, but do you have a better one? Because that's all I, I got. I, I
1: certainly don't. I I, I, I couldn't think of a, a good reason to recommend this movie, except for the ska song in the beginning of the movie. That's really- so I,
0: I'll, I'll say I'll say a lot of things about about um, uh, a certain type of Christianity, but they did produce a lot of really great ska music so uh well let's hear what the
1: official uh elevator pitch is let's have you have you have you watched the trailer at all
0: no no i i didn't intend to um uh, <laughs> but please
2: <laughs> oh yes enlighten us uh... do you ever feel like christmas has been hijacked hey uh, where's christian how's he doing is he okay oh he's fine really he's just he's just not into christmas this year that's all by all the commercialism and those who want to replace Merry Christmas with Happy Holidays or Season's Greetings, whatever that means. You okay? This is not what Christmas is all about. Some want to pull down every manger scene and tell us why our favorite Christmas traditions are wrong. Newsflash, not in the Bible. That's a pagan idol symbol. It was the winter solstice. Jesus was not born in December. It's exactly what the Druids did. It's like a carjacking, but like of our religion. And guess what? Santa got in the car, kicked Jesus out, and was like rolling, 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 and took took it. Isn't it time somebody spoke up? Everything you see inside there, it's all about Christmas. It's all about Jesus. I know you love Christmas, and you want it to be all about what it's all about. This Christmas, dive headfirst into all of the joy, the dancing, the celebration, the feasting, the imagination, and traditions that glorify the true reason for the season. Ooh, work, Holy Spirit! Ha, can I get an amen? <laughs> I see yeah! The scales are falling off. Glory! Ah, glory! Mm. <laughs> Join me and my family, and together let's put Christ back into Christmas.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the war on Christmas isn't real. No, <laughs> but it, it should be because it's taken over Halloween. Yes. Yeah. Wow, that is. Um, <laughs> if you if you heard that trailer you saw the movie (laughs) you saw the movie there is there is no additional content that the other hour and eight minutes will provide you i'm sorry it's hour (laughs) 20 minutes so it's hour 18 minutes they will not provide you any more context any more content any more anything it's just a trailer with fluff
1: yeah and um so yeah, our, and our, and our movie just kind of starts with, uh, I love that just Kirk Cameron sitting there drinking his hot cocoa and talking to the camera. It's okay. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a
0: cold open. It's a cold open that happens outside of the film as if Kirk Cameron is being the host to you. Right. And he's got this, this weird kind of like little rhyme thing that he's doing, you know, but it's not really jazzy. I don't know why it's that, but he's got, he's got like a Christmas poem thing. And then he kind of gets into like, um, you know, what they say about Christmas. Those people say, you know, he, he says, he presents it as two camps. He presents it as people too afraid to talk about Christmas and they have to say happy holidays, which that's not why people do that. It's because people respect other people. And then the second camp of people are people who are like, well, Christmas is actually pagan, which it it, it is. <laughs> but he's like, both of those guys are wrong. Christmas is awesome. Here's the film. Also, he calls his people druids, which I don't think is really... Relevant because like Yule was a Germanic holiday and Saturnalia was Roman. I don't I don't really know what the, it would um if the Druids partook any kind of winter solstice activity. So I I'm not sure about that. But you know Christians get magic wrong all of the time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you're definitely going to be able to play uh, much more into the the religious angles and histories of things than than I know about. So that it's interesting to to kind of hear your take on some of these things.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, actually, I do have quite a bit to say about um, everything <laughs> they get wrong because oh, they get right. stuff—they get stuff pretty wrong um, as we go on. But anyway, it's a cold open. He he presents this argument, and then then the credits roll, which awesome, Scotty.
1: But one of my one of my favorite uh, lines that he says in the beginning is that some people say that uh, they shouldn't do Christmas so loud, and they should only celebrate it in the comfort of their own homes, and that's just not right. And I'm like, gee, there's a lot of religious people I know that say the exact same thing about gay people.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's funny how that argument works, isn't it? <laughs> it's like, wait a
1: minute. You should be able to celebrate how you want. Hmm, okay. Anyway, yeah, amazing ska music.
0: Okay, I, I, I'm a little hazy now. It starts at the party, right? Because it's all that happens in this movie. Um, it's shot very strangely in that it, it doesn't, like, I don't know if it's the camera or the frame rate of the production, but if it's almost soap opera-y. Yes. Uh, so not a lot of budget here, except for wherever they shop this. I don't know if this is like on um on campus or if it's like a house they rented. it. I do know a little about I, I should preface this. I know a little bit about this movie going in because I've this movie is kind of infamous. I've seen other analysis of this video a couple years before, so i I know a little bit about the backstory going into this. Um, so I am cheating here, but you did pick <laughs> this movie, so we're, <laughs> we're going for it. By the way, um, uh, just as a plug, there is an excellent analysis video um, by Maggie Mayfish, and I'm going to crib off one of her points at some point. But you should Sweet. definitely check that video out.
1: Absolutely, yeah.
0: I want to point out that the kitchen has like two column fridges. Like, like there, there are there's close to twenty or thirty thousand dollars worth of appliances <laughs> in this house. <laughs> so, whoever home this is is do in, in Canon is doing quite well financially.
1: They're doing all right. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it was just. I couldn't find out. I looked to, to try to find out where it was shot, and I couldn't find out. I'm assuming it was just somebody's house or a house that he they rented.
0: They're at the party. Kirk Cameron is immediately unlikable, but. I love Christmas. I admit
2: it. I love everything about Christmas time. <laughs> yes. That was from the Cold Open, wasn't it?
1: That was. I forgot to play that for you. <laughs> He loves Christmas and he loves, you know what I wanted to do that I, I, I realized it towards the end of the movie and I wish I would have done it, but I don't feel like watching it again to take the sound clips. I wanted it to cut out every time he
0: says hot chocolate. Cause he says it far too many times. Well, here's your drinking game. If you do watch this movie, <laughs> um, take two shots every time he says hot chocolate. All right. Who wants hot chocolate? That's, that's two for you playing at home. If, for the record, he does say one other thing in that, that cold open that I forgot to comment on, but I do have notes here. One of the things he says people criticize Christmas for is elf worship, which (laughs) is not a thing anyone has ever (laughs) said ever. Um, Never heard that. There there is such a thing as um, elf worship because um, there were were ceremonies and rites that you could perform to the elves within uh, Nordic sects. So that did happen. But it is independent as far as I know of Yule. Yeah, I've never heard that related before. And I do not think that Kirk Cameron ha- has any of that knowledge. I think because I, I, he says he, he cites Santa as being elf worship. So I, I assume in his mind, Santa's just a really fat elf. Um, but we all know that Santa is, in fact, a corporate overlord, you know, ruling over the elves in some sort of horrible classist thing going on. Just it's it just reeks of uh, capitalism. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly the North Pole. Yeah, just overreaching on that one. <laughs> um, so it's just, it's 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 the, they're filming at a party. Kirk Cameron is unlikable. He talks to his sister. His sister, uh, who should have been played by Candace Cameron, just for real brand uh, solidarity, because I don't I can't imagine she was doing anything. But she's oh. she's sli- she's slightly more likable.
1: But here's the plot twist: that was his other sister.
0: Is it really? It's <laughs> his real sister. Yeah. okay well never mind he got he got it it happened anyway
1: and they still had the uh the charisma of acting with each other like they were in a high school play it was just really uncomfortable and awkward
0: it was very hard to watch he's look that a lot happens here it's a party there's a terribly written um character named deandre who's (laughs) supposed to fill the role of um what they're going for is you heard
1: him in the trailer can i get an amen
0: (laughs) Yeah, they're going for like a, a kind of like a token minority is funny kind of vibe instead of having like an actually diverse character. It's just this, this the is what stereotype we think of a character of, yeah, exactly. This is the stereotype. We think it's funny. Uh, it's grating to sit through, <laughs> it's really bad. The plot of this movie is that Kurt Cameron's brother in law, his sister's husband. Whose name is Christian. And this is the part I'm going to gonna crib from uh, Maggie Mayfish. It is interesting that the antagonist of, the, of this Christian film is named Christian. <laughs> um, the wonderful. point she makes in that video is that a lot of these faith-based movies abstract the fact that they are Christian. So that they can, in fact, distance themselves from Christianity. So that they can then kind of say whatever they want to say about whatever ideology or goal they're really trying to drive home. So you'll see movies to talk about, uh, we don't really like to call it Christian in the film or say, uh, well, I guess you could call it church or faith based or man of faith, but not man of God. So it's, it's weird that they do these kind of abstractions and making Christian, the antagonist is an interesting one. And I think it follows. And I don't know if it's a conscious choice or not, but in, in this instance, but it is interesting. Yeah, I
1: also think besides him, besides DeAndre, I think he's the only one that actually has a a named cast member, which is kind of an interesting thing.
0: He's also almost like, a he's not quite, but he's almost like a human.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Christian's whole deal is that he is disenchanted with the way Christmas is being celebrated, and he doesn't think it's biblical. He doesn't think it glorifies God, and he thinks it is wrong.
1: And he thinks that everyone is wasting their money on little whiny brats because he could have used that money. And that money spent. How many kids could we have fed?
2: How many wells we have dug?
1: Yeah, that money should have been spent digging
0: wells. Absolutely. You know, Kirk doesn't address that because like, so, so, so. Kirk is is trying to go point by point after Christian voices his concerns, and I'm jumping ahead of myself, but I want to say this: um, <laughs> to to go back to the Bible and say why each of Christian's concerns are, in fact, incorrect. Though there is actually a verse he could have used here that is in the Bible that would have been point, and that is when uh, when Christ is a, it's getting close to his crucifixion, I believe uh, chronologically, but like. Um, I don't think it's, I think in one gospel, it names, it names the person as Mary. I don't know that it does in every gospel. Um, I think I'd have to actually go back. It's been a minute since I've actually read some of this, but the the actual, the gist of it is, um, she adorns Christ's feet with oil and, uh, Judas is like, well, we could have sold that to feed the poor. And Jesus is like, well, there will always be poor, but I'm not, I'm only going to be with you for a short time. So it's like, well... Sometimes we should enjoy nice things is the point that would have been something he could have said instead of everything else. He says later in the.
1: <laughs> yeah. And literally, I mean, the whole movie is just uh, is just basically Christian bringing up modern Christian modern like uh, Christmas traditions and saying how they could be non Christian origin. He's playing the the naysayers essentially and kind of dismisses it like, oh, this is what people believe and They're so stupid. And then, like you said, it's Kirk turning around and saying, "Well, here's how it was actually in the Bible." Ugh.
0: Yeah, and that's that's the movie. That's, that's the entire movie. What what essentially happens is Christian is really fed up with everything, and he goes and just sits in the car. And then Kirk decides he's going to go talk to him, and Kirk goes and sits in the car. Kirk might have a name in this movie. I don't know. He's Kirk Cameron. Fuck that. No, his, yeah, his, his name just... in the
1: his name in the movie is Kirk.
0: Because <laughs> of course it is. The the thing is, they are in this car for the rest of the movie. So (laughs) you are like 15 minutes in the film, maybe 20, and they sit in the car and they're there until the hour mark or the hour and five minute mark.
1: Yeah. Talking about every. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I wish they would have started the car in that garage and ended the film early because at least I would have left happy.
1: It's just let it run for 60 Just minutes. let it run. <laughs> With your that, windows
0: rolled down, please. <laughs> that's it. That's the movie. He, he voices all these concerns in the car, and Kirk is like, well, point by point, this is what you're wrong about, and they do little vignettes. And it's interesting because, like, this clearly didn't have a budget, because the vignettes are just, like, assembled footage in the way that you when you watch Ancient Aliens, right? That's what's yeah. happening. So they're in the car. They cut to the H and alien sequence with Kirk's voiceover. Cut back to the car. They do this three times for three vignettes, and then they have a dance sequence at the end of the film. <laughs> Roll <laughs> fucking credits. That's oh, the but, movie.
1: But you're missing so much.
0: So much. Oh, I know. Oh, it's, oh, but that is the entire movie. Did did you have did you have a quote about um about the, uh, his complaints or something before I list them?
1: Uh no. I can just um. Once we get into the, the birth of Jesus, I've got a couple of comments on the first vignette.
0: Okay. So he talks about how like the the nativity is kind of sequestered away and no one's paying any attention to it. I believe it's his first. Uh, his next complaint is the Christmas tree because the Christmas tree isn't in the Bible and clearly it's pagan. Uh, there's actually a lot of debate about the Christmas tree. Uh, then the, th- the third one is that Santa's not in the Bible. So Santa is stealing... The, like all the glory that's meant for Christ we're giving it to Santa instead as like a false idol I don't know if he actually says that but that's like the gist of the argument every time it comes out that Santa is a false idol so that's the complaints and then Kirk just goes no 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 you're all wrong that's he's like, like that's all wrong is it you're all wrong and he set he
1: that up like four times. This is what I'm going to show you how you rock. He really like, yeah. <laughs> during the cold yeah. open, during one of the other times. And this Absolutely
0: like confident point. in the arguments that are being made. <laughs> yeah. With the full confidence of someone who has held a banana at some point and realized how perfectly it fits in their hand. <laughs> and clearly there is no other way that that could have happened. Except by intelligent design, that is the confidence that he has. Right, exactly. This is, this is, um, this is not an obscure joke. Google Kirk Cameron banana. <laughs> don't do that. Don't Google it. <laughs> YouTube it. Don't Google oh it. Uh, so yeah, uh, in
1: the first, the first little vignette when he's talking about the uh, the birth of Jesus, and he's he's going on, there's a couple of audio clips that I, I particularly like there. Um, <laughs> one of them was uh,
2: You need to think of Herod's soldiers moving through the streets finding babies and murdering them
1: <laughs> That's what you need to think about when it comes time to think about Christmas and then the other line was talking about why uh, the real like, meaning of the season um, which is another thing that is
2: A baby who came to die but not until the appointed time Yes that's the reason for the season, right there.
1: We're like we're like twenty minutes in the movie, and they're like
0: <laughs> dead baby, dead babies.
1: It's it's really bizarre to me. Uh,
0: okay, so there's a couple things that I I, I kind of glossed over here. Um, I want to drill back because I haven't taken that many notes, but the ones I have are interesting. And that is during his Kirk Cameron's initial speech of "You're all wrong." He says you know, you fell for the line. You drank the Kool-Aid. Yes. Kirk Cameron says this in, in this instance, his, his, his Kool-Aid, um, is that Christmas is celebrating the way we celebrate Christmas would be problematic to the Christian faith is the idea. Right. And he's like, "Oh, you drink the Kool-Aid, but he is using the phrase, you drank the Kool-Aid wrong because drinking the Kool-Aid is, 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 is indulging in the, in, in the, uh, the, the, the religious mindset in any instance. Yeah. Um, um, also, it was flavor aid. <laughs> Just get get your facts straight. <laughs> it's
1: not, it doesn't roll off the tongue quite as well. It never did. Oh, God. And then there, there was there was a so throughout these vignettes that they're showing, there are these weird little scenes of like everybody else at the party doing things. And I was going to cut it, but I didn't get a chance to. But there's a one at one spot uh, where. DeAndre is talking to him, he ends up talking to some guy about bizarre conspiracies
0: and I've got that written down here. Um,
1: okay, and he's like, yeah, there's a war on Christmas and then he goes and talks about all these other conspiracies that I'm like, okay, you're obviously Yeah, here, here
0: here here's a list of things he says. That's okay. it's, it's 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 after this vignette, but he says um well, I've gotten their attempts at, at comedy are offensive to comedy itself, but underneath that it is um the the claims about conspiracies are I saw loose change, I know what's up. And um, here about this one, I saw it on Fox News, so I know it's true. Yeah, it's. Um, and then they say the word phrase "war on Christmas,"
1: right? And so he's saying war on. He's saying there is a war on Christmas, which is what this whole movie is trying to say that there is, and here's how to combat that war. But then he's labeling all these other conspiracy theories that are,
0: you know, ex- exaggerations. So- and it's framed like comedy, but also you're like, "Art," I'm not sure if they know that it is a joke.
1: Yeah. I just, I I don't, I didn't quite understand that. And by the way, that guy is literally in the credits as conspiracy guy. That's his name in the credits. Okay.
0: So I guess the, the filmmakers explicitly don't think that what he's saying is true and think it reads as comedy, but then they also interject their own like thesis statement as part of the things that he says. So invalidating the point of the film.
1: Exactly. (laughs) And, uh, it, it, it just, it just, it, I, I sat there and I watched that. I'm going, wait, what? You're lumping your whole plot in with all these other things. And I, I was, <laughs> my mind is blown at that part. When Kirk
0: starts telling the story of the manger uh, and the nativity, he, 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 he tries to say, well, we think about it this kind of like idyllic way, but actually it was way harsher and more extreme, which is true. But The language he uses is kind of problematic. I don't know if you caught this, but to say how we think of the manger, he uses the phrase, and I I really, I need to stress, Kirk Cameron says this, he says, white skin and clean clothes, safe and soft. (laughs) And who boy does that jump out at at you wrong? You're like, uh, (laughs) what? (laughs) You want to, you want to go back to it? Just, what What did you just say? Yeah. So, wild stuff. Um. But, no, of course it wouldn't have been the way we think about it. Because, you know, Mary was probably 13. The next thing they do, though, and this is very strange. And I'm not the first person to point this out. Um, the point of this story is he focuses on the swaddling cloth. Mm-hmm. And then, he, then he, he compares it to Christ's burial cloth. And he draws a through line from this, from point A to point B. It's it's a truly offensive antidote because it's like well because the idea is that Christ's final death and sacrifice is is a blood sacrifice to absolve our sins, uh, well to atone for them. But it's it you're not you you you're not really forgiven. You but you, it covers it covers it up in blood, so it acts like you're forgiven, like a loophole, so you can get into heaven. That's theologically, one way of interpreting it in the most popular and common way, right? Um, but perceiving the purpose of Christ's visit on earth as explicitly for that, it seems to really take away from learning anything from his teachings, which would be kind of interesting because at least those are mostly, hey, you should be nice to each other. Um, and instead focuses on the dead. It doesn't actually even focus on the triumph, right? It doesn't focus on raising from the dead. It's not focusing on forgiveness or grace or abiding love. It is focusing explicitly on death and violence. And I find that very troubling um, for lots of reasons.
1: (laughs) Yeah. uh, And I think that was really a a way to just kind of – i mean i forget what's the what's the word i'm going i'm thinking about when like when you when you try to uh like when you're retconning a story yeah like a movie he's basically setting you up for the further retcons that he's about to do with the tree so this is i think this is the baby steps into that the yeah. let's, let's go with the cloth first let's get them let's get them thinking about that and now let's really pull the rug out from
0: underneath them it's a good it's a good way of looking at it. Um. He adds a cup because he starts peppering in flavor here too. He's like, well, frankincense and myrrh, burial spices, which is not inaccurate, but it's not like that's the only use for any of those 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 particular scents because they were used, you know, in in uh, religious ceremonies uh, outside of burial ceremonies. And by the way, so like, and they were used for medicine and all kinds of things. So they're used for different purposes. To limit them only to being uh, burial spices is um at the very least inaccurate. I
1: I don't like I said, I don't know as much about some of this stuff. Well, you was-
0: pointed out retconning, and right. And what's interesting here is um he, he is retconning, he is also explicitly calling w- these stories from the Bible stories and treating them as the stories we tell each other, as arcs, as tales, as things like that, right? Um instead of Instead of showcasing them as fact, he keeps going as storytelling motifs, which is real interesting coming from the type of Christianity that Kirk Cameron is is preaching, right? Because right. it's supposed to be absolute fact. But in this instance, he is not presenting it that way, which is a strange decision.
1: Yeah, that was uh, – I. I... I I guess I caught that, but I didn't really think about it too much. But yeah, he is talking about how this is just this you know they're just stories and they're just stories and like and now you're in the middle of your story and vignette. what are you gonna do yeah. about it?
0: That's the first story. That's, that's, that's the first, the first vignette. vignette. Yes,
1: the the cloth that the, was wrapped around him is the representation of the cloth that he was on when he died. Bit of a stretch, but that's how they started.
0: I mean, it it would it would serve. If you were framing a sermon around this on Sunday morning and you just needed to fill time to get to the point you were trying to make, um, that would be okay because no one is going to revisit it over and over and over again. They're just going to be there in the moment and go, oh, yeah, whatever point, right? Which probably tells you who they had writing for this film.
1: Yeah, and I don't, there's typically not a lot of controversy about the nativity scene. Like I've never heard that be like a a thing anybody's really brought up trees and Santa Claus, maybe, but
0: yeah, well, you know, there, there, are, there are a couple extra things. So I guess that I didn't get into with, with how they frame this. Um, Cause Christian makes the point that Christ was not born in December mm-hmm. and Kirk's like, well, who told you that mm-hmm. maybe he was, yeah. but where are you getting this information? <laughs> because they, they moved the date of the celebration of Christ's birth. That's, that's, that, that that's provable they moved it, the church moved it specifically to coincide with the the Saturnalia, so that when people were, because people wouldn't stop celebrating Saturnalia, so they're like, well, if we just move the date of Christ's birth, we can say they're celebrating Christ's birth instead of celebrating Saturn. That's the point. Hijacking whose holiday? Yeah. That's why you get All Hallows' Eve, right? right. On the Feast of Solon. So... (laughs) Like like that that's canon. He was probably born in the spring, but mm-hmm. um, also the, the 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 wise men are not present at Christ's birth. They show up like two three. They show up years later. Like it takes them a long time to make this journey and find him. He is he is a small child by the time they they actually show up with all of this gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The birth of Christ and the 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 wise men paying tribute are two separate instances. It's not one thing that happened.
1: So that should be his real problem with the nativity scene because it's always like them right there.
0: But that would uh, that would also upset Kirk because I'm I'm, I'm clearly against Christmas in this. Scenario. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. You've been talking talk- to his brother.
0: There's, there's a Christmas tree like five feet behind me, but I'm against it.
1: <laughs> but still now speaking of Christmas trees, that was our next vignette.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So Christian has a problem with Christmas trees. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. What, what is your take on this? Before I, before I, I jump in, because I'm monopolizing everything this episode.
1: Oh, that's fine. I got some things to talk about on the back end. So, uh, it's I did he he basically tried to turn that around and say that we're doing Christmas trees because uh, Jesus being crucified was Adam returning the fruit to the tree.
0: Yeah. No. I've got that. Um, I've um, got problems. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was like. I mean. I'll say it again. I'm not. I was never that big into religion growing up, but that sounds that sounds a bit retcon to me.
0: Uh, what I've written is when you. Uh, well, so what Kirk says is, <laughs> let's just tell the story. I'm sorry. <laughs> in the Good movie, idea. Kirk's version of uh, uh, so Christian's said, "Where do the Christmas trees come from? Christmas trees aren't in the Bible. The druids built them, and they're really focusing on druids." We don't. There's not a consensus on where Christmas trees come from. There are some stories of, of like maybe tree worship in, was involved in Yule at some point, but also there's proof of Lutherans coming up with church with trees at some point, and that was controversial because it wasn't Catholic, you know. So like there there's there's some debate, and I I don't I'm not really well read enough on what the consensus is on or what the more more likely interpretation is, but like it is not entirely impossible that the church came up with trees but it's also not entirely possible that it wasn't a older folk ceremony or a different type of religious ceremony with a different type of religion so we're not sure kirk frames this says what pagans want us to see but maybe give the pagans back their holiday if you're so mad about it right in this version of the story he says what well, like like okay okay let's forget about the christmas tree let's talk about the first tree let's talk about the tree in the Garden of eden so so we are turning onto the allegorical Garden of Eden. In this story, he, he frames it as Adam stole the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Also not how most people would interpret that. Um, and then he's, what, what Kirk says is this is really interesting. It's when you steal something, you're required to put it back almost <laughs> as if it were a fact. Right. So the the whatever theology he is espousing here is mind boggling to me, and what he says that Christ's sacrifice is is returning the fruit to the tree because Christ is the Son of God, symbolizing the fruit, and the cross being the tree. Or what? Where did that come from? What? <laughs> because like the the, the long standing interpretation is that. Uh, Christ is a sacrificial lamb and his perfect sinless blood acts as the sacrifice of blood. Um, and so that's what's happening is just covering up sin. No one is returning fruit because like it, the sin was not stealing fruit. The, the Because this garden, first of all, the garden of Eden is an allegory. It is, it is, it is, it's, it's, it's the story of, you know, the fall from grace and why things are hard and how, how people beke- learn, you know, that there's between right and wrong. Right like strictly allegorical. A lot of the things in the Bible are, but like Kirk is um, entwined with uh, a type of American uh, evangelism that is consisting mostly of literalists where everything in the Bible is literally true. This literally happened literally this way. The, the word of the law is writ um, and it is unchangeable and fact. And this happened this way in this exact order but they're also just stories we tell. <laughs> they're also just stories we tell. And that's it's throwing me
1: off about this movie. I I yeah, I I don't know. And I I really kind of I mean I, I I watched it and I think I watched this scene twice because it still just it kind of went away. Like I don't I was like wait, where was that part where they're talking about how it was a christmas tree. It was almost like I think at one point they were talking about like uh almond trees or something.
0: Yeah. There's then little they bit were of like, like tree history. And then he's like, <laughs> God has always been giving his children gifts at the base of trees. And then just like throws a couple of like, like random examples out. And I'm like, you guys are kind of reaching for this one. Yeah. And they're like, and so tree. And so tree. And you're like, "Could you have picked a different aspect of Christmas to maybe talk about? Because there's not a lot to say here. Apparently
1: yeah it's it kind of turned into this I mean the movie is just a propaganda film, really. when you boil it down to it Boy, this is a, this is a film that is trying to teach people how to respond to the people that are saying these things, but
0: they're but doing a terrible job at it and and to like to what end because they're not because the point is not well, Christ isn't real and Christmas isn't real, and you shouldn't celebrate it or. Or, or it is real and we're against it and you shouldn't celebrate it. These are not the points that they are rebutting. These are the points they are rebutting are these other Christians say that there are problematic things to celebrate here because not all of it is of Christian origin. And maybe you should think about the way you celebrate it in your home. And also, commercialism isn't the end all be all. Maybe we should be focused on the actual spiritual aspects of a spiritual holiday instead of just spending money. And the movie is like, no, spend money. Everything's good. Spend money. Spend money. Buy, buy, buy. And you're like, capitalism machine rolling. Yeah. And I'm like, why does this movie exist? Carmen's righteous invasion of truth movie that exists as a vehicle to to showcase his music videos, to promote his, his, his album, Christian rap artist, Carmen, that movie is a work of art compared to this. (laughs) And if anyone listening has seen it, they will understand how damning that is. is. <laughs> will have to check that out. I would oh. advise against it. <laughs> I, is there anything else to say about the Christmas tree scene?
1: I, I, I think the Christmas tree scene is is, is, is just a, a nothing burger. It was just like, oh, okay. That's they were stupid. like, we,
0: we need some other third thing. Let's put the weakest one in the middle.
1: Yes, exactly. So, you got to stretch this bad boy out to 80 minutes.
0: Then the next one is
1: Santa. (laughs) Oh
0: Wait, you mean... The
2: real Santa Claus was a real bad, bad dude. And when I say bad,
0: I mean bad in the good way. (laughs) This movie, you know the John Mulaney quote, we don't have time to unpack all of that. Everything everything (laughs) comes out of Kirk Cameron's mouth. Actually, the beginning of the movie is... Kirk Cameron cold open, opening sequence of, of credits, then, like, really moody showpiece of, like, gritty Santa Claus. And then yeah, it cuts but, to the Christmas party. And yeah, it at the beginning, you didn't that.
1: know who he was yet. Yeah, you're just like, who, yeah. who's this guy?
0: And now it comes back to gritty Santa Claus. Yeah, St. Okay. Nicholas. Here's the thing about gritty Santa Claus. This type of American evangelism has a weird fixation on violence, and I find it extremely disturbing. And it comes out here because he's like, bad dude and i'm like you know that like it's a religion of peace right no okay only for those that agree with him yeah because like earlier because like he focuses on um on smiting this person on the cheek okay like like he is like channeling like like samuel cutting people in half like he's channeling christ flipping the tables over he's channeling all of the like like the the angry violent stuff here. He's like he smites him on the cheek. But like the story is, he slaps him on the cheek. But the movie depicts him beating the shit out of this person he, with his bishop cane, whatever you call that. He, I do he, not know. He, I...
1: I had to go and Google that, and I was like, holy crap, this really happened. And they're like, oh, he slapped him on the cheek, and I get it at the time that was a whole big thing. But the movie that showed him like
0: under the table
1: just beating. The
0: shit out. I was like, damn, violence for violence' sake.
1: Yeah, and then they were like, and they were like, uh, uh, what do they say? It wasn't, it wasn't Saint Nicholas. Uh, it wasn't his time to be quiet, to be politically correct. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
0: So let's talk a little bit about this sequence. Okay, Santa Claus is an amalgamation of a whole bunch of things. One of them is the god Odin. So they so to pretend like there's no paganism inherent in it is incorrect. But Saint Nicholas is obviously a big influence in. This. But, and St. Nicholas was a real saint and real bishop. We don't know a lot about the historical St. Nicholas. Most of the material we have are legends and they can't really be cooperated. Or they can, they can be debunked. But a lot of it is kind of hearsay. We're not, we don't have a real clear picture of what actually happened in St. Nicholas' life. Except for, and if you Google this, you probably know, the consensus is this scene probably did not happen. Because um, he's not on the roll calls. For um, this particular meeting, uh, God,
1: meeting? <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's like,
0: even if it if it did happen, even
1: like some of the things I looked at that said like, oh, it could have happened. None of it went to the extremes that they decided to show on them in this movie.
0: Also, the movie states this: the movie states that that this is a disagreement within the church about because about the divinity of Christ. They state that this person is going around saying that Christ is not the son of God. And St. Nicholas is not going to stand for that. Christ is the son of God. And I'm going to beat this guy up for saying that he's not the son of God. That is not the debate here.
1: No, that's why they admire
0: him in this movie. (laughs) Right. But that's not what happened. Mm. Because the debate is not whether or not Christ is divine. Whether or not he's the son of God. So... (sighs) What they're talking about is called Arianism, but it's not that. It's it's it is spelled differently. So <laughs> uh, it's it's based off of um uh, it's based off the teachings of this guy named Arius or Arius. I, I don't speak Greek, so I could be guessing this up. But like Arianism is uh, a belief. It does not state that Christ is not the Son of God. Uh, what it is, is saying is that Christ was begotten by God at the time of his birth, and was not instead. As the church t- teaches in main canon doctrine, co eternal with God in a, a triple aspect of deity, the Trinity, since the beginning of time. So that's the difference. It's like these people saying that the son, that Christ has always existed as a spiritual being, as the Son of God, and came down in flesh. And the Arian uh, sect here, or however, again, different spelling, um, they are saying, well, no, Christ is the son of God, but he's the son of God because God fathered him with Mary. Then he came into being at the moment of his birth. That's the debate with the church. So stripping it of that nuance in that context, it's like, well, now I've made a bad guy that that my St. Nicholas can go beat up. And then then gritty St. Nick is justified in his actions. But uh, it didn't happen that way because that wasn't the debate. It was a theological debate. But in either instance, Christ's divinity and his sacrifice would have been upheld within canon. So there's no real change to the core doctrine. It's just how do you perceive what came before? Um and if we talked about that, everyone would be bored and it wouldn't matter to the story, so they didn't. Uh but also they changed it and it's wrong, and you should all know that.
1: <laughs> yeah, and yeah, it's uh it's interesting the facts that they decided to just
0: make true. Like, yeah. hey, this is it. Also, St. Nicholas bugging his eyes out was creepy. (laughs) He's like, because like at the end of the sequence, after he after he just beats the fuck out of this poor person, (laughs) he goes back to his house and his hot wife is like, feel better. Get all that out your system. Yeah. 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 Now we've got gifts to deliver. And there's like she points to this sleigh that has gifts. And St. Nicholas, who has been like. Like Wolverine, Greedy this whole time, just looks up and his eyes pop out, and he gets a big smile on his face. He's like it's time to deliver presents, and you're like, "Oh, this is so much worse than what was happening before."
1: Yeah, that was not a man I would uh, I would admire uh, <laughs> like,
0: as much as they did. All right, I'm lost. What happens next? <laughs> this is um, three stories. The movie's well, yeah, over now. Well, He's then, convinced well, Christian.
1: Well, then it's it's fine. The movie's great because Christian gets out of the car and everything is fine. But then you realize that you're only 60 minutes into a 20 minute long movie. Uh, They, they filled it with so many weird slow motion shots and takes. And it's like, uh,
0: so it's super awkward. Um, Christian like throws open the French doors of his house (laughs) as if they were the doors to a church There is lighting behind, dramatic lighting behind him, and he looks like he has seen God. He's standing at his door, but it's still a party, so everyone's just kind of staring at him. And this is supposed to be funny. Instead, it's just awkward and cringe, right? Because they don't—they don't know how to frame a joke. They just know that a joke should go here. And then he gets this weird, like wobble dance on. I'm—I'm actually—I've disturbed my chair. I'm going to have to edit that out. But he just wobbles, and then he runs and slips and slides down the floor of his own home. And a dance sequence begins.
1: Yes. And then what, uh, I heard this line in the movie.
2: Now, what happens in most stories at this point? I mean, if you were writing this story right now, what would you want to have happen?
1: I would want the movie to be over. That's what I would <laughs> want to have happen. It's like, oh. And then he's like, well, it's not over. And the the guy put together a whole dance party. <sighs> That dance scene was something else.
0: It's like, so this is Christmas, and
1: what have you done, Kirk? Yeah, uh, and just... um, and they're and they're dancing. I swear, for like fifteen minutes of a dance, it was so bad. And then it kind of ended there, and roll credits after that. It yeah. Was,
0: um, yeah, Kirk, Kirk oh, Cameron saved Christmas. He saved it. It's done. It's safe. There's
1: plenty of bloopers and uh, that they threw in with the end credits. So do not miss those. They are. Uh, yeah, they had a, a f- minute
0: they had a freestyle about Kirk Cameron at the end. Yeah. Freestyle rapping about Kirk Cameron. Yeah. He's not James. No. So, uh,
1: so yeah, this, this movie was, uh, was filmed in Los Angeles. Uh, like we said, I guess it was at somebody's house. That's all I can assume. Uh, it was a budget of about, uh, $500,000 and it, it ended up pulling in a uh, two and a half million in the box office. So, uh, I guess. Yay. Um, <laughs> and, and like I said at the opening, it, it does still have a 0% uh, rating on Rotten Tomatoes, but it was nominated for six categories in the 35th annual Golden Raspberry Awards. Sadly, it only won four of those. Uh, it it lost the worst director title to uh, Michael Bay for Transformers Age of Extinction.
0: I've uh, seen both movies. That's objectively false. <laughs> This movie was worse. This movie <laughs> was, was more poorly directed, and I am I, I will, that, and that's the nicest thing I've ever said about Michael Bay in my life.
1: <laughs> it also lost the uh, worst supporting actress for Kirk's sister, who like I said it was literally named Kirk's sister in the credits. Uh, she lost to uh, Megan Fox in the uh, Ninja Turtle movie.
0: Well, that's just mean
1: yeah it, it did win worst it's, it's picture. the
0: raspberry search like one are like ran by like mean nerds who are
1: like <laughs> yeah very pretty very. much uh it won for worst picture it did win for worst actor for mm-hmm. kirk himself it I mean, that's won accurate. it won for worst screenplay and my favorite it won for the worst on-screen combo for kirk cameron and his ego
0: <laughs> well, they they both couldn't be fit on the screen at the same time. so that is true.
1: God no, uh, <laughs> and and most people do
0: know who Kirk Cameron is from Growing Pains. He was a monster on that show because he got quote unquote saved halfway through filming it, and he made like the rest of filming it a living hell.
1: Yes, yes, he uh, he did he, he did become a born again Christian. He uh, some girl he was dating at the time uh, introduced him to. Uh, evangelical Christianity.
0: Oh, that's the reason. Okay. Yeah.
1: So when he was well, the like, way 17- he
0: tells it, the way he tells the story, it, and I, I I don't know if you know this, is that, uh he was driving along in his car, and he just had the thought that, oh, my God, what if all this is real? And he just had to park the car, just like just like have a moment. It's like, what if it's all real? Meaning God and Christ. Right. And then he just changed his life on a dime. So obviously that is an incorrect. story. That's an, at least. Not an entire story.
1: Yeah, no, or maybe it was his his girlfriend told him some stuff that he had to start think about her.
0: Yeah, yeah, like else. like even if it happened that way, there's more to it,
1: right? And yeah, he's kind of rolled with the uh, religious angle pretty much ever since. Um He uh, yeah, he had a he had
0: brief the, resurgence in the the late '90s, early 2000s, making family movies, and then just went straight back to Christian. Stuff.
1: Yeah, he's doing those left behind movies.
0: Which yeah. He's are the, the, uh, he's the reporter in the first left behind movies like they are the, uh, Canadian yeah
1: Canadian American religious thrillers
0: did you know that there was a, the, the people who wrote the left Behind series wrote a left behind uh, kids version oh no yeah there are 48 volumes and I read 20 of them oh god <laughs> you uh, you want to understand my trauma a little more
1: <laughs> now on his uh, on his later seasons of growing pains he actually had them edit out storylines because he thought they were too adult or too inappropriate
0: and in the movie fireproof um mm-hmm. he has his actual wife wear a wig and pretend to be the actress playing his character's wife in the movie so that when he kisses, <laughs> he's only kissing his wife
1: <laughs> well him and his wife he actually met his wife on growing pains mm-hmm. um and you know they're very they've been married since 1991 they have six kids four of them are adopted. So, you know, okay. maybe they're doing okay. good. All right. um, oh, and in, in 2016, he supported Trump.
0: Yeah, in 2012, he said a lot of the homophobic stuff, too, so that doesn't surprise me.
1: Yeah, he said, there are clearly enemies of Christian principles in Christianity, and I don't think Trump is one of them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, oh, last Christmas, last <laughs> Christmas, he had like protests and stuff. <laughs> yes. for, for the Like masks. Yes. Yeah, because
1: he he supported him uh he supported him again in 2020 he supported trump wonder, again on i wonder that. if
0: he supports him now that we know that he's boosted up oh i well, yeah who knows but um i guess that's i don't know if you uh, i'm sorry that was that uh, we could yeah no
1: understand. you were you were right on it yeah he was he was he felt that well no when they were talking about covid he said there was something more going on than just the virus and uh, he was quoted as saying socialism and communism are knocking at our doors disguised in the costumes of public health
0: I, I need to I need to say something. Um, Marx didn't invent the idea of socialism. Like like Mark Marx Marx has interpretations of socialism, but like these ideas have been around longer. The early Christians were an anarcho-communist kind of sect. Like like not not like strictly to those rules, but like they ha- they they did have communal pools of their money and possessions. Like like there are stories in the Bible about people keeping some of the money from selling their house and being smitten dead for it. Like they are not capitalists. They are. This is like the early version of Christianity is way more compatible with communism. So if you come at communism and socialism as being against your faith, you are reading your book wrong.
1: (laughs) They're just writing their own book. They're just taking some pieces and just doing it all.
0: Cause they're trying to put like their interpretation of nationalism and their economic theory into. Yes.
1: Yeah. And then, um, and then like you said, he he was in December of 2020, mm-hmm. he had organized a two different gatherings for maskless Christmas caroling in Ventura, California, which was under a state mandated stay at home order due to low capacity in the ICUs.
0: Pro-life.
1: <laughs> so uh, yeah, I don't wanna, I mean, we could go on and on, I'm sure about the Kirk Cameron, but we got a few other folks to talk about here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the like the third star of the film, First two being Kirk and his ego, uh, Darren Dwayne or Doan—I'm not sure you pronounce his last name—who played is Christian Andre? No, is he,
0: Christian?
1: He, he is Christian. Yeah, he is the—he was the director and co-writer of this movie.
0: Oh, that explains so much.
1: <laughs> yes. And another interesting take on him, um, he's actually filmed a lot of music videos, which makes a lot of sense because he's used to the shorter format, which is probably why, with the, all the long pauses, unnecessary slow motion, unneeded dance numbers, and the and entire credits a- with bloopers, still couldn't reach
0: 80 minutes. Cutaway vignettes instead of actual action. Yeah. yeah,
1: he's he's uh, he's done videos for Pennywise, Blink, One Eighty Two, AFI, Jason Mraz, Kid Rock. He's done like a lot of
0: like like, like legitimate videos. Yeah, okay. But I
1: very... would not
0: have expected that. Watching this film, no. I thought you were going to tell me like, yeah, he's done music for Barlow Girl and Zoe Girl and Crutch and. Yeah, I was
1: really, I uh, was really kind of surprised at some of the some of the work he's done. Um, he also. <laughs> He's done a lot of, uh, he's, he's done some other documentaries. He did a documentary about Kirk Cameron, um, before this movie came out between, and he actually had an acting role in that one too.
0: Can't, can't really imagine the person who'd want to watch that documentary. Oh no. Uh, (laughs) I might make you watch it.
1: Uh, (laughs) I'm not that evil. There's a things too, Dustin. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we'll make one. Uh, so yeah his sister in the film like i said it was his sister Bridget um and like i said it her her name and like he couldn't even name her Bridget in the like cast list she was Kirk's sister that was her name and her name only uh, DeAndre and the conspiracy theory dude were both producers on the film which is oh, probably okay. why that weird scene was left in the movie
0: yeah they he wanted probably screen time it was funny.
1: Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you caught it at the beginning, but um, to kind of wrap everything up, the production company behind this film was Liberty
0: University. No, I knew that. I knew that going in. I knew Liberty made this film. those
1: that don't, it is a private evangelical university in Lynchburg, Virginia, that was founded by Jerry Falwell Sr. And there is far, far too much to talk about the university and Jerry Falwell for the scope of this podcast but go, <laughs> we'll do another podcast plug here for the Behind the Bastards episode about Jerry Falwell. And uh, yeah, like I said, it's it's if you know about them, you're you wouldn't be surprised that they helped fund this movie. No,
0: no, you would not.
1: <laughs> and it's the movie was just it was just bad. It wasn't even like it was you know those movies that are so bad it's good. It was just just not good and like you said earlier it would have been better if they would have just stayed in the car <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was it was so, i mean come on it, nothing happened in this movie it's a nothing film it just it that's part of why it pisses you off so much because it keeps keeps going wasting your time when nothing's happening in the movie the entire stretch it's just like okay i'm upset kirk's like Kirk doesn't does, doesn't really hear these concerns. It's like, okay, I get that you're upset, but you're wrong for being upset. Which, by the way, not how good conversation works.
1: <laughs> no, that was weird. He was—he's sitting in the car, just staring at him, nodding his head like, uh-huh. uh-huh. I,
0: can't, I can't prove this, but I feel like that's how every interaction with Kirk Cameron.
1: Yeah, he's already. He's like, he's. I mean, that's a, that's how my conversation with my child goes. Like, she's already thinking of the argument. She's not even listening to what you're saying. She's just thinking of what to say back to you. And it's like <laughs> you're not hearing a damn word I'm saying, are you? <laughs>
2: so, Patrick,
1: I'm going to ask you a question.
2: In a way, I brought you here off your job. You think you can do it better? So here's your chance.
1: From the mouth of God Himself, <laughs> in a different movie. Uh, so yeah, you're allowed to change. Three things and only three things to try and, and improve this movie.
0: What do you do? Recast Kirk Cameron with Nicolas Cage. <laughs>
1: that didn't work so well for their uh for that other for the movie series. He never got a sequel. Left behind Reboot never got a sequel. Oh that
0: did happen, yeah. Damn, that was a better joke than I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you forget that he actually got recast? I forgot they remade those movies. I saw the original Kirk Cameron movies. You don't understand how I grew up.
1: Yes, it got rebooted in uh,
0: 2014 with Nicolas Cage in his role. I was in 2014. I would not have been interested. <laughs> like I've had enough of the apocalypse. Thank you very much. Uh, but in 2022, I've I've still had enough of the apocalypse. <laughs>
1: All right, so we're 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 replacing Kirk Cameron with Nicholas Cage and everything from here yeah, on out. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That that, that should that, that should just be given. Like go, I'm you're going to go get a better back, performance. I'm going to go back and edit Growing Pains episodes. Add a story to the film. <laughs> I don't care what story. Just a story, a arc, something happening on screen.
1: It's not just slow motion and dance numbers. And what would you be the third one?
0: Have Christian convert to Scientology at the end. <laughs> no, um. To make the movie like more watchable, the last thing we would really want to do... Someone opens their Christmas present, and their Furby has come to life. And it is full of homicidal rage. And the last 20-minute dance sequence is replaced with them fighting for their lives in this bloody, violent gore fest against animated Furbies, And just Nicolas Cage is just, just really hamming <laughs> it up.
1: I would, I would absolutely watch that movie if that was this case. Was
0: even thinking- if they're in the car, even if they're in the car for an hour, still the fact that it's Nicolas Cage in the car and then also Furby murders everyone at the end and just a blood-soaked orgy of violence—I have made a better film. In fact, I would, I would posit that I have saved Christmas. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes,
1: yeah. I would, I would, I'd, I'd probably watch that movie. Just them trying to have a normal conversation with some bloodthirsty Furby just banging at their car window. I would totally watch that. <laughs> I I was thinking now uh, one easy way to make this movie vastly better is to destroy every single copy of it. Oh, the solo method. <laughs> I would rather watch Solo several times with my mother
0: than watch this movie. <laughs> you know the fir- you know the first time I saw that uh, we watched it at uh, well okay. So <laughs> Uh, this other guy liked to watch extreme movies too, and we had heard about it. And we're like, "There's no way it's this bad, right?" <laughs> and um, it was actually towards Christmas, and it was a slow day at work, and um, we had a copy. So in the office, okay. on the computer, oh, boy. we played this movie. And the really the worst part about this whole story is I had actually brought brownies to work that day.
1: No, oh, <laughs> they aren't getting eaten anymore.
0: <laughs> they certainly did
1: not. <laughs> oh god yeah that movie was a that movie was a bit of a rough watch but yeah um I, I mean there there really is no i mean the other option to make this movie better would be to destroy every other movie ever made in history yeah it it was just it was so bad i feel bad for making you watch this
0: uh <laughs> I, I mean well my watching. exact words were when i pulled up the uh the when i pulled up the uh yeah, the message, and I saw what movie he had picked. Um, I just typed, fuck you.
1: <laughs> I think that was followed by, you really do hate me, don't you? Or something to that degree.
0: My, my follow-up words were, this is for things, isn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, it is.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, so,
1: um... Ooh.
0: Yeah, we That's, are nearing. Uh, this podcast is almost as long as the entire movie at this point. Actually, it is. So, what we're going to do now is we're going to end it. But I want you to go ahead and put on a Christmas song and dance for the other ten minutes, just so you can get the full experience. <laughs> doesn't back. have to be. Doesn't have to be dancing. Well, in fact, you could just like 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 take take your take your leg and just like grab your ankle and just kind of like do that weird bendy motion a couple times, and that is about a, the amount of effort that they've put in. So. Yeah.
1: And about the amount of rhythm, uh, as well. So, so
0: I, yeah, so I think that, uh, I guess that should about wrap it up for, uh,
1: for this podcast, unless you got anything else to add to it.
0: No, no. Uh, 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 I think I've said probably more than I should have. Um, <laughs> so, um, I guess yeah. I'll just say from uh, all of us to all of you have a happy holiday. And don't watch this movie.
1: (laughs) Yes. And check us out on all your social media sites. We are found on shelf pod, all one word on Twitter, Instagram, and at Gmail. And, um, let us know what you think of the show and let us know what you think of Kirk Cameron saving Christmas (laughs) until then we'll catch you next time.